Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Caged In podcast. I'm your host, Petrus Patsilvis, and this is a weekly journey through Nicolas Cage's career. However, this week is a special bonus episode where I'll be talking to a creative who has been inspired by Nick Cage. This is an ongoing series of my Caged In conversations, and this week will be with Paul Chin. Uh, it's a fantastic conversation. It's nice and a short one. Um, Next week, there'll be another conversation, and then we'll be back to the regular scheduled programming. So without further ado, enjoy this conversation I had with Paul Chin Jr. (laughs) Serverless networks, web sockets, experimental APIs, Nicolas Cage. Seems like we have a clear outlier in this list of items. That being Nicolas Cage, something that I have a lot of knowledge about. The others, I don't have a clue what they're about. That's why I'm talking to Paul Chin Jr., a man who works in developer relations, JavaScript and serverless developing. You may be asking yourself, how does this relate to Nicolas Cage? Well, Paul is a self-confessed prophet of Cage, and I have him to explain to us how Cage has informed his work and what he does. How are you today, Paul? I, I'm doing really well. Uh, I'm really excited to be on a Nicolas Cage podcast. Um, <laughs> been working with the material of Cage for um, like quite a few years now. And uh, I, I suppose it had to lead me here to this moment right now. Uh, and, it, and it feels great. Well, before we get to the point of how Cage comes into your work, um, how, what is it? what is it you do? Like, I... I I've watched your presentation that's like pinned at the top of your Twitter um, bio many times. And I'm still, I'm, I'm still confused how, how that all works. So um, just, yeah, you know, for a little bit of background, if you, if you check out my Twitter, I've got a a five minute technical talk. Uh, It's very loose technical talk uh, that I gave at a conference in New York uh, this past fall And uh, it's just five minutes. And what I do is present technical information to other uh, engineers, software engineers, web developers, 
uh, folks who build stuff on the internet. And uh, I always try to, to tint it with a little bit of Nicolas Cage. Um, people right now, they're trying to learn all the new technologies that come out and it's just endless amount of stuff. So I figure why not just have some fun with it and um, bring in like never ending Nicolas Cage memes and references to his work, his life, his movies, all of it. But what is it? Yeah. What, what, like, I'm a layman. I'm, I, I, I'm an yeah. idiot. Like what, what, no, are, you're not what, an idiot, but yeah. But what are like, what, what, what are the, okay. So, talk about in this so, so the thing, the thing in that video uh, is a way for people to build websites that can send information instantly between the website browser like Chrome or Firefox and to some computer uh, owned by somebody else like uh, Amazon or Google. Basically all of the stuff you do on the internet, the computers that run these websites are in this place we call the cloud. <laughs> and the cloud just means like Dropbox, like you put your data in Dropbox. Um, and what I do is make websites. And so we use things like APIs, which is just a, a fancy word for um, recipe book. <laughs> like it's just a, an API is just a really fancy document to say like, hi, I'm Paul. I would like this thing from your website. Um, and that's all it is. And in the video, I talk about WebSockets and serverless WebSockets. And it's just the newest way of doing that, is asking a website for some information. Uh, and in the demo, I set up a real-time uh, experiment where uh, people would go to a website and pick up their phone, and the phone would send um, data, accelerometer data. As people tilted their phones, it would tilt the head of Nicolas Cage up on the big screen, and everything was going through the internet. So all people had to do was just go to a website, turn their phones, and then they would see a head of Nicolas Cage turn in relation with their phone. And um, I thought it was really a fun demo because it showed what we call uh, concurrent users, like a bunch of people doing the same thing at the same time. And each person controls their own head and tilt. So you could imagine a real life use case being like a video game, like you can use your phone as a controller for a video game. Um, and I was demonstrating the newest ways of doing that. Well, watching your presentation, like when it got to the moment of the kind of reveal at the end, I almost felt like I was watching a, an episode of like Silicon Valley. I was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? This is, this is next level crazy stuff. Like, um, yeah. so to kind of like backtrack a little yeah. bit as to, um, how did, yeah. How did the love of Cage start with you? Were you were you always a fan? Like um, so I'm 35, so I've seen a lot of Cage. I grew up, you know, loving The Rock and uh, Con Air, you know, those those like classic 90s actions. And then as I got older, you know, I felt like the Cage movies kind of grew with me, you know, as he got into adaptation and further along. And now, um. I'm seeing Cage movies all over the place. And so this is how it originally all started. I was always a fan and being on the internet all the time, you know, the Nicolas Cage memes come up. Yeah. <laughs> and they're always good fun. Uh, I think officially Cage like disavows like any use of memes. Like he doesn't really 
like the whole meme thing, but you know, he goes along with it. Um, and I started using these memes to teach myself how to code. So five years ago, I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. Wow. And, um, I was a, I was running restaurants. I had a photo studio. I had a bunch of different like, uh, businesses and failed yeah. startups. Right. <laughs> uh, and I found myself, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to use the internet, like make software. And so I started learning and it's hard, right? Like it's really, it's, uh, it's not the, the simplest thing to, to take on. And what I did was I, I needed like a muse. I needed something to focus on, to build so that I could overcome all of these different, um, technical things I had to learn. Like I had to learn, like, where does a website go? Like, like how, how do I tell, you know, a movie database to go get me all of the films? How do I interact with Twitter uh, using a software program that I write? And so I just kept using Nicolas Cage memes and using um, his quotes and just stuff to fuel it. Cause he's got so much material. Right. Yeah. Like if you if you try to think like, oh, OK, why don't you do it? Um, think of a different like celebrity or actor or icon or something to like really push, you know, yourself to learn. And I I couldn't come up with a better one than Nicolas Cage. Like I looked and I was like, this is it. Like I could I could make apps based on Nicolas Cage forever. My my very first technical conference uh, presentation was where I built uh, an internet of things robot that would, <laughs> it would only work if you showed it a picture of Nicolas Cage. It had uh, AI that could do a facial recognition. And if you showed it a picture of Nicolas Cage, the app would continue. Like that was the authentication. That's, that is that is amazing. Well, I've, yeah, I've recently talked to um, uh, another guy, uh, Mike uh, Lacker, who, who was telling me about... Um, he created like a, a VR experience, which is called the Cage Cage. I'm not sure. If oh, ever, that's awesome! If you've ever, yeah. If, yeah, if you've ever been on that, so like, it's, I haven't, and that's the best part. Like, I was, I'm not the first or only person to do this. I know that there's <laughs> other people that just sort of use it for entertainment or to reflect upon Cage's work critically. I mean, there's a lot of really great writers that have taken upon like cataloging and documenting and critiquing you know, his style. And right now I'm trying to bring some of that like nouveau shamanic feel to my presentations. Right. I want to be able to like call in this, this like external energy that Cage brings into his films. And I want to bring them into my presentations. And what ends up happening is that like, I get to teach people about something with very ridiculous premise. Right. And I feel like if people didn't really even understand what was going on, they were still entertained and they were still intrigued. And like at the end of the day, my role is to have people become intrigued by the technologies that I'm using and that can help other businesses and stuff like that. So um, it, it's been an, an incredible <laughs> like use um, and, and discovery process. So this is a question I'd like, I'm asking everyone. What was the first Nicolas Cage film you remember seeing? Was it The Rock or was it something different? Ooh, the very first one? It was probably The Rock. Um, so growing up, my parents, they owned a restaurant and we never really got a whole lot of um, 
vacations, right? Like the restaurants just open all the time. But during Christmas break, we would always go up to my grandma's. It was like a two hour drive. We'll go up to my grandma's. We'd close the restaurant down for a week and we'd go to um, like blockbuster movies. This is for, for our younger listeners. Blockbuster movies is a store that you would go to in order to rent movies. <laughs> like you would go and you would get the tape and you would bring the tape home. And I remember bringing back like the rock and like watching it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> I don't know. Like I was tiny and you know, you just remember that big action flick with, you know, all the high stakes and yeah. The, the absurdity of taking over a prison. It's like, so great. So for you, you'd say it was like an instant connection with Cage. You were like, on that moment, you were like, was it was it him or just the crazy premise of that film? I, that kind I of think like just the crazy, <laughs> well, just the premise of the film. I don't, I wouldn't say that I like, you know, knew that yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 years from then I would be <laughs> making uh, content based on his work. But it was pretty clear, you know, by I, I wonder what was that by the time he started putting out um like national treasures yep. and um uh what was some of the latest stuff he's done i mean even even like even the the most ridiculous things um <laughs> caused me to now go back and like rewatch like vampire's kiss or whatever um i would say that in in needing source material to build stuff around um I knew that it was going to be a great fit. And then I, and I took on this whole persona of like this prophet of cage because you're familiar with like the one true God Reddit, you know, and I'm a very active member on one true God. Yes. Yeah. So it, it it sort of all sort of came together right in this beautiful moment where I knew that the internet could give back to me something true of itself, like this meme and this 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 feeling and then i just put a hashtag out praise cage and it just it just kept flowing from there all of my presentations were to worship and praise cage and <laughs> it was in it was about using the power of cage to um, believe in yourself that you could do anything and it's backed up by his actual living work of being in like a hundred movies already like nobody does that nobody works that hard in hollywood yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great philosophy to have. And I, I personally think, like, from speaking to the people I've spoken to and from, like, just from watching his films and, like, learning as much as I can about Nicolas Cage as a person, he is just very... He's a lot of, like, reasoned choices throughout his career and the films that he takes and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. he, like, he kind of possesses this quality that, like, you look at what he does and, like man the guy could churn out like seven movies in one year and it kind of goes right if if he's doing that like i need to like i can i can just kind of create a work ethic based on that like like how you're saying with with your like using him to kind of it's an access point into what you're doing like this week alone i've took on the mammoth task of just recording like 10 podcasts in the space of five days and it's like well, that is the true spirit of Nicolas Cage. Like he would go, right, let's just like dive in and like record as much as I can, as quick as I can and kind of really be in the thick of like, and that's what I've tried to do throughout a lot of this is like put myself in the mindset of Nicolas Cage. Like many, many of the like newer listeners might not know, but to begin with, I kind of had like, 
I'm not sure if it's a, an insensitive uh, ethos or like um, hypothesis of what I wanted to achieve, but it was if I watch all these Nicolas Cage films, will it like turn me crazy? Like quote unquote. And and, and <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. You know, I, I think you could. I think with Cage, he goes deliberately into some really dark spaces. You know, with Joe and. Um, Oh, with Mandy. And I haven't seen Color Out of Space yet, but um, like he goes to some dark places and he's talked about it in some interviews where like that's where he wants to be and like that's what he wants to explore as an actor. And I think for his work to bring that out, like there's a lot for us to then just look on and reflect without having to go to that dark place ourselves, right? He's gone and done that for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, here's somebody that even even films that, you may think are similar in like we could see 10 Nicolas Cage films where he plays angry guy seeking revenge, but we will get so many shades of that. We will either get a kind of um, Ghost Rider, the the comic book Vengeance, or we'll get the kind of art house, dark, like, mandy like type of vengeance and it's like he's he's using the same toys but and like the kind of the same paints but the the different shades of the same paint and it's just always evolving and kind of like i think yeah i think as as an outsider looking into what you do it's a fantastic like way like there it's a fantastic way to kind of make something a set accessible to kind of learn and like push yourself forward and like i just right. i just yeah yeah that just so this like transition into uh what you do now um kind of what 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 other what other things like have you have you created like in your time like kind of like what is your what is your day-to-day job basically yeah basically oh yeah so my day-to-day job is uh i work at a startup it's called begin begin begin.com and it is um an uh an application platform and um we provide a very technical thing called continuous integration and continuous delivery um for applications now um what I do is uh, in developer relations. So I talk to a lot of our customers, um, figure out how they're using the tool, figure out ways we can make it better for them, create um, learning content to help them onboard into the product, uh, into the service. And so I write a lot of blog posts. Uh, I'm going to start doing like Twitch streams and appearing on technical podcasts. Um, I give conference talks. Uh, pretty much just any way to create um, awareness and visibility for this service. And we hope, uh, and I, I know more than hope, but I, I know that once people start using the service, they'll be able to build their own applications faster. And um, I encourage people to like try it out, uh, make an idea on their own, kick the tires, right, so to speak. Yeah. And then when they're ready to bring it to their uh, actual workplace, they will have experienced our product and our service in a fun and easy, light way. And then it's like, okay, time to kick it into production and we're right there for them. And if that happens, then 
I'm super groovy, man. Like you just keep on going. In your day to day, do you do you sneak in like cage into your work? Oh yeah. You, is it is yeah. it kind of so so here's the thing, right? Like every programming tutorial you'll find out there, one of the first examples is called Hello World. It's where you you take a program and you get it to do one thing, like one very simple thing. Uh, and it's just printing out like the the word hello world. I, I flip that and uh, I'll make uh, a lot of my examples into praise cage. So <laughs> instead of uh, in, instead of saying hello world, the the response will be like praise cage. Um, I also created uh, a blog, like an example blog that other developers can use. So it's not like I create a blog. I create a platform for other yep. people to make blogs, right? And in that example, it's like Nick Cage facts as a different post. <laughs> I've done uh, Alexa skills as uh, Nick Cage facts. I've done um, APIs. So again, someone else could uh, ask my Nick Cage service for quotes, and it would return quotes. I had I have built one into my iPhone. Um, so like I can ask my iPhone for a Nick Cage quote and it would like read it to me in like the Siri voice. Um, gosh, what else have I done? Are, I've are, done some, yeah. are these things on the, like on the, what you're saying about like the Alexa and the kind of, uh, iPhone yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find one of my cage facts on Alexa. I'm pretty sure I'll have to dig up the link. I don't know if it's still active. Um, <laughs> for a while, Amazon was giving away free echoes for anyone who made a skill. And so I was like, dang, that's like 80 bucks. Like, I'm going to do that. And like, so I had never done it before, right? It's another, it's another example where like I had never done that before. Like I'd never written an Alexa skill. And uh, I was like, well, I'll just read some tutorials, get into, you know, they're called documentation, right? You have to like basically read the handbook. So you read the handbook and you build the thing and then they send you an echo. Like, it's what a, a world. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, what a world. So now I have an echo. And because of Nicolas Cage, because other people will say like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get to that. Like, oh, I could do that. I'm going to get to that later. But they never do because they sit down at the computer. And often a lot of uh, software developers, when they go to actually build something on their own, they get stuck. They're like, I don't know what to make. I could make this. I could make that. They over-engineer it. They um, just get paralyzed with the... The, the overwhelming sense of it all. And I just go, nope, going to do something for Cage. Cage will be my guiding light. <laughs> I will build this thing. And after you build like four or five things, like I know, I know which movies I can pull from. I know which quotes yeah. are great. I know where the sources of images are going to be. I know, like I, I have um, like an inventory of like Cage material. You know, and it and it never ends. Like it still keeps coming. Like I, I have more movies to see every single day. <laughs> well, it sounds like yeah, Cage is just like a wellspring for you, and kind of mm -hmm. like a, a a bouncing off point. Is is there any plans? Do you have anything in the works like Cage related for the future at all? That oh boy, yeah. Um, so on our platform at begin.com, um, people can make you know just like a personal website. And it's, you know, totally free and they can check it out. It's geared towards um, a little bit more of an intermediate developer. So it's not quite like drag and drop. Yep. Um, but we're meant to be for people who make software, right? 
And one of the things that I've always wanted to do was build like the one great cage API where <laughs> people can send a request and they'll, they'll get all the facts, all the podcasts, like just like a, like a giant repository of cage material that people can then um, openly uh, request against. Sort of like a wiki, but for uh, like software developers, right? Like yeah, we yeah. have we have a way of integrating data from other people into our applications, and I want to I want to be able to provide like a data set, like a Nick Cage data set to other developers, so that they can start building their own <laughs> apps based on the data that I've already sourced. You know, um, a very very ambitious goal would be to build something like the uh, Frinkomatic. I think it's called the Frinkomatic or the Frinkotron. It's a wonderful like labor of love. Um, these people have cataloged every single episode of The Simpsons, <laughs> run it through some, some kind of program to pull out animated GIFs based on the dialogue. So you can go and search for like a, like a phrase and it will come back with animated GIFs of that show at that time mark. Wow. That and nice. there are not nearly enough good Nicolas Cage uh, GIFs and clips on, on the internet. Like, not nearly enough. There's so <laughs> much range to what he does uh, outside of just the absurd hair memes um, that it would be great to figure out a way to do the system where I could, like, uh, ingest some video, parse it, meaning like I just look through it with the computer program, read out the dialogue, and just start cataloging it. And then, you know, you could build a cage AI with it. You could find out how many times he screams. Like, you could do all kinds of stuff against the data that it generates. Yeah, I'm like very rudimentarily, uh, I'm just trying to teach myself like very basic, but like, I just want to get better at um, Excel spreadsheets. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, Nicholas Cage is someone who like I, I create. I've been creating like spreadsheets. So like, like you're saying, I want to try and find out how many how how many times does he have the same name in a movie? Like what's the most common name. What's um what director has he worked with the most amount of time? And we we could work together on that. <laughs> I, like I'm serious. I know uh, if you. So I got started. Um, my my original original job was a uh, financial advisor. Funny enough, uh, doing lots of spreadsheets. Um, you know, lots of yeah. cash flow analysis and all that stuff. And I got really really deep into spreadsheets. And I think that really planted the seed of me being a programmer. Um, but yeah, I I think spreadsheets are great. Um, a lot of businesses use them uh, in the de software development world. It's always a joke. Like <laughs> the business people will just keep putting stuff in spreadsheets, no matter what kind of program we build for them. Right. Like they're always going to complain it's too slow or they can't find anything. They're just going to keep making spreadsheets. <laughs> so there are ways to use spreadsheets as a data source. And I can show you how to do that for real. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, Oh, that's fantastic. So <laughs> the the wonderful places that Nick Cage will take you. Um, yes. Amazing, Paul. Well, um, where, yeah, moving like forward with things like, uh, I just kind of want to like ask you, what is your favorite Nicolas Cage film? Oh God, Every, everybody <laughs> asks. So in, in doing like a dozen of these types of Nicolas Cage talks over the last three years, uh, everyone always comes up. The first thing they're like, is this real? 
I'm like, yes, I really do love Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and then they're like, okay. Then they try to test you. Like, okay, well, what's your favorite movie? And then it's like, you know, picking a favorite child. Like you can't, like there's different ones for different moods. But my favorite right now is still National Treasure. Like right now, as of this instant, it just, like I, I was able to see it again recently and it's so good. Even, even number two, like most sequels are terrible compared to the first. <laughs> and like number two somehow does the exact same beats as number one, but it doesn't matter because it's just more, right? Like it's one of the few sequels where they're just like, yeah, you, you love this. Let's just give you more. And like, we're not going to futz around about it. Like done. <laughs> You'll be surprised how many times national treasure actually comes up on this podcast whilst like talking to my guests and stuff like that. It seems to be it's one that people just like, um, I describe it a lot of the time as a perfect Sunday movie in that, like if it's on TV on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you're kind of lazing about the house and it comes on TV. You're not going to skip it. It's like, it's easy. It's comfort food. It is mm-hmm. just like, it is. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the, the director, he went, uh, he does all kinds of stuff. I like oh, yeah. um, the director of national treasure turtle Tau. Yeah. 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 He has that TV show. That was incredible. Uh, Turtle Tap does this TV show. Um, it's like about an apocalyptic event, and it's just so good. Um, <laughs> and it has the same sort of feel. Like you know, this universe doesn't actually exist. Like no one could actually go and pull off these things. But if they could, this is a, like this is what would happen. And I think that's what makes great films great. Is like you can explore this fake reality. But it's just real enough to where, like, you get sucked in. (laughs) That's an an amazing uh, place to leave it, uh, Paul. Where can people keep up to date with what you're doing? Obviously, you spoke about some interesting things that you want to create in the future. So my listeners want to kind of see what you're doing. I will obviously put um, any some like links in the show notes as well as, of course, your fantastic presentation for people's minds to just be boggled and kind of, <laughs> I think that, I think once they see that they will want to, they will want to kind of understand a bit more and will definitely <laughs> listen to this episode. So yeah. Where can people catch up with what you're doing? Yeah. Follow me on Twitter. It's probably, you know, the most visible place everyone can, can find me Paul Chin jr. On Twitter, uh, hashtag praise cage, <laughs> uh, anything cool, Nicholas cage that, uh, you know, comes your way and you think it would be a fun app or piece of software, like, let me know. Like I, I'm down for, for, for kicking the tires on it. Um, yeah, that and check out begin.com. If you or somebody, you know, is super into web development, just give it a shout and uh, let me know if you have any questions. Perfect. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Same here. This is Oh my god! It's so great to talk to another Cage fan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I will admit to begin with, like it, it kind of I got into it for the kind of the meme factor of it, but over time, like I've been doing this. Well, I took a I took a long hiatus in the like for a couple, yeah, for nearly two years, and I've kind of come back like full of steam. <laughs> and over those two years, kind of, I don't know. You don't you don't realize what you've what what good you had until it's gone and i was like actually cage is really good and i'm probably 
I left it at a very interesting point in the podcast. I left, I stopped covering films around 2009. And then I feel like that is kind of, it's like halfway through his career. So like, well, in, in, in terms of like the hundred movies, I think that's about 50 movies in. So like now it's like, it's 10 years. (laughs) But it's fifty movies, so it's 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 a very fascinating time in in the in the cage cage career, and so far so far so good. Only time will tell what will happen next. Hey man, <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, you doing this and, and bringing us together, and I'm serious about getting that data. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we could do something something with it. Um, so thank you. have it guys there was my conversation with Paul Chin Jr and I'm sure you would agree with me that he is a fascinating and interesting guy and the fact that he uses Nicolas Cage in his work uh, just brings a smile to my face and there's many people out there who have a story like Paul and if you know one of those people please get in touch and you can get hold of me on all the social medias Facebook Twitter and Instagram at caged in pod or you can reach me by email which is cagedinpod at gmail.com i'm always up for a conversation about cage films anything cage related and how nicholas cage has affected your life or somebody you know if they have a crazy nick cage story i'm always all is to hear it so as for next week i'll be joined by marco kairis um a lot of you may not know this man's name You may not even know his face, but he was a very important part of Nicolas Cage's career for 10 years. He was Nicolas Cage's stand-in, and we go deep into what it was like working for Nicolas Cage during the 90s. So for a lot of people, the golden era of Nicolas Cage. We're talking Con Air, Face Off. Oh boy. Yeah, it's a real good one. I had this conversation uh, very recently and really want to get it out to you. So that's why that will be dropping next week. So if you're not already subscribed, make sure you are because that's one you definitely won't want to miss. So as ever, I've been Petros Patsilovus. I've been caged in. You have been amazing. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, a Town Limery, Maine, franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.